Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, come and reveal your will and your way for us in the words of Scripture and in the words of the sermon this day. Guide us, we pray, in becoming hearers and doers of the word. Amen. Our scripture lesson today is about the building of the new church. And we're really going to read all of, almost all of chapter 10 from the book of Acts. I didn't print it for you. I just wanted you to listen to the story of what happens between Cornelius and Peter. So I'll be reading from the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, verses 1 through 35 and 44 through 48. In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort, as it was called. He was a devout devout man who feared God along with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. He stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? He answered, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with a man named Simon who is a tanner and his house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had left, Cornelius called two of his slaves and a devout soldier from the ranks of those who served him. And after telling them everything, he sent them to Joppa. Now about noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof of the house where he was staying to pray. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while his food was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven opened and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. The voice said to him a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up into heaven. Now, while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision he had seen, suddenly the men sent by Cornelius appeared. They were asking for Simon's house and they were standing by the gate. They called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about his vision, the spirit said to him, Look, three men are searching for you. Now get up, go down and go with them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is your reason for coming? They answered, Cornelius, a centurion, 
an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house so that he may hear what you have to say. So Peter invited these men in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and went with them and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied them. The following day they came back to Caesarea Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. On Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him and falling at his feet, worshipped him. Peter made him get up saying, I am only a mortal. As he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled. And Peter said to them, you yourselves know that it is unlawful. For a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anything profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? Well, Cornelius replied, four days ago at this very hour, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. Therefore, I sent for you immediately and you have been kind enough to come. So now all of us here in the presence of God, we are here to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. And so Peter shared the good news of the gospel with them. Then Peter continued to speak. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited Peter to stay for several days. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is a long story. But there is no story in the New Testament outside of the Gospels that is more meaningful and important for the church of Jesus Christ. This story is often called the conversion of Cornelius. But we might also call it the conversion of Peter. Because everything Peter has thought about what the new church will be is turned upside down by the Holy Spirit. First of all, you have to realize what Peter thought the church was going to be like. Peter and the other disciples were Jews. Jews who believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And yes, in the Gospels, Jesus has healed Gentiles and he has ministered to Gentiles. But Peter is absolutely sure that the new church is going to be made up of people just like him. Jews who were looking for the Messiah and believed it was Jesus Christ. That's what they all thought the church was going to be. Combine with that what they thought about Gentiles. 
I'm just going to ask you, friend, for a moment to imagine the kind of person who troubles you the most. Maybe they do things that disgust you. Maybe you think that God doesn't love them as much as he loves you. Whoever they are, that's what the Jews thought about the Gentiles. They thought they were unclean. They wouldn't even be associated with them. So surely Gentiles weren't going to be a part of this. But then the Holy Spirit begins to work. And I call it the conversion of Peter because everything Peter has thought up to this point is going to be changed through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. First, it begins with Cornelius, who is an interesting character. Cornelius worshiped the God of Israel, even though he would never be invited to be a part of the Jewish community. He still believed in the God that they believed in. He wasn't a part of the community, but he tithed. He gave alms to the poor and God sees his righteousness and sends Cornelius's men down to meet Simon Peter and bring him back. But then the Holy Spirit really begins to work because what we have is Peter who is sitting up on the rooftop. He's hungry and suddenly a trance falls upon him and he sees animals of every kind all together and the divine voice says get up Peter kill and eat now for Peter to believe that every animal is clean he has to go against what scripture has taught him the Levitical laws from the Old Testament was very clear there were animals that were unclean you did not touch them you certainly did not eat them So when this vision comes to him three times, as all divine visions do, he finds that God is telling him over and over again, what I have made clean, you shall not make unclean. And so Peter wakes up and it's not as if everything has changed for him. In fact, he's pretty confused. But the next thing that happens is a voice tells him that these men are coming and he should go with them. Now, the second thing that Peter does that challenges him is because the divine voice tells him to meet these men, he invites them into the home that he is staying at. He invites them in. This goes against every law that he would have had as a faithful Jew. You don't invite unclean Gentiles into your home. Why would you do that? But the Holy Spirit is working on Peter slowly, slowly, slowly. And they go back and they meet Cornelius. And he hears why he has been brought there. He goes into the house with the Gentiles. If you think having a Gentile in your house is bad, it's even worse to go into one of theirs. But that's what he does. He goes into Cornelius' house and he shares the gospel with them. And the Holy Spirit comes down on everyone who is there. Everything Peter had thought about what was clean or unclean, about who was in or who was out, it all goes away because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is doing a new thing here, friends, because do you know how converts were brought into the church before? The way it worked before is a disciple baptized you and then the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit is running ahead of the church here and saying, I am calling these people, these people into the church. And then Peter gets it. I understand that God shows no partiality. We have to be a people who are open to the Holy Spirit 
and faithful to its calling, even when it calls us to places we never thought it would go. All those people we have in our mind of the people who challenge us, even they are welcome into the church of Jesus Christ. And the last thing that Peter does that might be the most amazing is that he stays with Cornelius for three days. There is an intimacy to sleeping in someone's home and sharing meals with them. Peter says, I'm not just welcoming you into the church. I'm going to treat you like a brother and like a sister. And that's what we are called to do. Do we welcome people who challenge us into the church? Absolutely. After all, they welcomed you. But then we also make them our brothers and sisters. We get to know them. We care about them. And I am grateful for every faithful person in the church of Jesus Christ who has been challenged by the Spirit and faithful still. And one of those was a longtime member of this congregation, Janelle Bates. Do you remember Janelle Bates? If you didn't have the pleasure of knowing, you, knowing her, you missed out. By the time I came to this church, Janelle was of an age that she could no longer leave her house. And in my first year or two, I probably went to see her at least once a week or every other week. And outside of her feeding me too much, it was delightful. I always get a little nervous when I go and visit with someone who's Janelle's age because they came of age of a time when women weren't to be ordained. It was what the scripture taught them. And I always worry a little bit that I might not be accepted, but I was accepted wholeheartedly by Janelle. And I asked her one time, when did you first start to believe that women might be able to be ordained? They might could preach the word. And she said, I remember it clear as day. In the late 60s, Janelle went to what we call our General Assembly. It's a meeting of all the national Presbyterian churches. And there is a general assembly meeting, but then there are also smaller meetings you can attend. And Janelle went to a meeting that was talking about seminary education. And in that meeting in the late 60s, they explained that there were not enough ministers coming out of seminary to meet the needs of the churches. There was going to be a minister shortage. We didn't know where we were going to get them from. And so she was in this meeting that encouraged people to give to seminaries to support seminary education. And she did it until the day she died. So at the end of that meeting, the minister gave a devotion. And he read from the book of John. And it's the passage where Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? First time Jesus asked Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know that I do. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And he asked a second time, Simon Peter, do you love me? Jesus says, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And then the third time Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Well, Janelle said she walked out of that meeting with that phrase, feed my sheep, going over and over in her head. And she felt this sadness because she knew that there was a world that wanted to hear the words of love and grace from Jesus Christ. And we might not have enough people to tell them. And so she walks into General Assembly and they're having one of the first debates about whether women should be ordained or not. And Janelle said she felt the Holy Spirit come. 
And she just knew. She thought, there are people hungry for the word of God, and who am I to say that someone can't feed them? It went against what she had learned her whole life about what women should be. But she believed in the Holy Spirit and she was faithful to that change her whole life through. There are still people, friends, who are hungry for words of grace and love and forgiveness. And they will never meet a minister, but they will meet you. And you have to feed them regardless of who they are, what they do, and whether you agree with them or not. Even if you are disgusted by them, Peter reminds you that God shows no partiality. All are God's beloved children, and you are called to feed them with words of love and grace, the words of the gospel. Never forget that there is a hurting world who needs the words of Jesus Christ And you are the only Bible they may ever interact with. I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. And I pray for it to come down on this church. And whatever our divisions are, let them fall away. And let us welcome in each person regardless of who they are. And not only welcome them, friends, but treat them like the brother or sister they are. Thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit who is always doing a new thing. Amen.